following podcast was recorded on Tuesday, May 25th, 2021, featuring Jim Bianco of Bianco Research and Ben Breitholtz of Arbor Data Science. To hear the podcast in real time, you can sign up for a free trial at biancoresearch.com or arborresearch.com or by emailing Gus Handler directly at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. You can also call Arbor Research and Trading at 1-800-606-1872. Thanks for your time and enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Talking Data. I'm Kristen Radish with Arbor Research and Trading, joined today by Jim Bianco of Bianco Research and Ben Breitholtz of Arbor Data Science. Today we're going to be answering the question, what is everybody waiting for? Ben, we're going to start with you. Um, everything's trading in a very tight range. I know U.S. 10-year Treasury yields, by and large, been in a range for the month of May around 1.55% to 1.7%. Um, at the time of this recording, we're at 1.56%. What's going on? Are we stuck in this pattern? I think everyone's taken one giant siesta. Uh, it's it's <laughs> been uh, it's been a boring uh, space, and I think it really began all the way back in late February. So if you kind of look at all these trading ranges that have been established, and that goes across everything except for pretty much crypto and commodities, which is what everyone's interested in anyway, according to search activity, news, media, and so on. But if you look back to the end of February, that's when we got this shot higher in expectations for rate hikes and for potential tapering. We saw the Euro dollar curve out to December, 2023, uh, uh, produce a spread of about maybe 75, 80 basis points to December of this year. But that's just gone sideways. It's gone absolutely nowhere. So then eventually treasuries did the same thing beginning uh, right around the middle of March. That's followed by equities which did that starting about a month ago the end of april and now commodities are doing the same thing so from a technical perspective you have this big flag that's kind of shown up in all of these markets we call it a great coiling the same thing happened right after the pandemic hit and we have this neat chart here that shows you across pretty much everything except for commodities and crypto what is the 30 past 30 day trading range relative to the 100 the past 100 days and so that gives us a flavor for how tight or wide is the most recent history relative to uh, not too long ago uh, or that kind of larger range. And right now we're right around 28%, which is extremely low, um, meaning that we have coiled up. Yes, um, you know, the, we've seen some larger ranges, some larger moves um, in, in many of these markets over the past 100 days, but still we're in this trade ranges holding pattern. So what are we waiting for? I'll turn that over to Jim to, to answer that. I think the answer is inflation and broken record alert. I think inflation is gonna be the biggest story of the year. Either we get it and then the market will respond or we don't and policymakers could then revalue how they do policy. For the moment, I think the market is indecisive. We ran up from 50 basis points August of last year to 1.78 in late March. And we're at 156 now, we're just under that range. We're kind of meandering sideways. We haven't broken out higher in yield to tell us, hey, the market thinks there's an inflation problem, but we haven't broken down the 125 or 130 to say the market has decided there isn't an inflation problem. Um, so it just continues to grind sideways and the debate continues as to what's going to happen next. Along the way, policymakers, seem to be shifting a little bit. On the day that we're recording, the 25th, 
Rich Clarida came out and said, there may come a time when they need to talk about tapering. Remember, Chairman Powell famously said, we're not thinking about thinking about tapering. I guess they're thinking about thinking about tapering now. So Ben, I'll throw the question back to you. Does that qualify as a policy shift? The, the, the two derivatives removed from a rate hike, uh, thinking about thinking about? No, obviously not, because the markets are not reacting to that. But like we kind of discussed before this, I think, you know, markets are kind of hip to this. Um, and you laid out something that I think that was that sounded right. And I'll let you maybe go, go off on that, too, is that, um, you know, summertime around Jackson holes, we'll probably get some more of the more official taper talk. And then that brings us into very early next year when we finally maybe do get some real taper uh, discussions. On my side, when I look at this, you know, natural language processing of all of their speeches, um, you know, they're still just talking transitory. And I know you like to make fun of that, and I, I do too, because it's just like this mantra that never stops. Um, and that, that is still off the races. One thing I can say, um, or two things really, that's, that's interesting is one, the amount of patience Type language, you know, for waiting sometime, which is like uh, Clarita's and um, a Brainerd's favorite thing to say, sometime. Um, that started to trail off and fall, just like the level of agreement within these conversations and speeches that are available too for the Federal Reserve. So there is some some stuff happening below the surface that's prompting this talking about, you know, talk thinking about um, the, the taper. And I think that uh, eventually, if we do get that to happen sooner than later, yes, we could break this range. But I think it gets back to what you've just said. It's inflation. So we know economic surprises have come to an end, but the economic data for the most part is still pretty darn good and probably will stay that way. The big game changer will be, do we get this transitory supply chain induced inflation that's caused 85 plus percent of commodities to, to rise on a three month annualized basis by a pretty good margin? Uh, will that continue to persist late into the summer months? And I think that's the, the clincher. If you look back historically at periods of delivery issues or supply chain malfunctions for the most part, back to 1950, and we can use these surveys from ISM and so on, typically it takes about 10 months to get back to normal from these delivery times that are just extreme. And that means that sometime between, you know, maybe October, December is when we'd see that trailing off. And that should be the end of this transitory period that everyone's trying to define for the Federal Reserve. So if we can get inflation to stay hot throughout that period and not start to trail off from right now, then we've got this inflation story that's a problem. And that's why stocks and bonds are likely starting to correlate uh, pretty, on a, a pretty decent margin. I think the correlation in the past month is around 0.65, which is, which is elevated. So well, you a touched on quick, well, you touched on commodities uh, then, Jim. Do you want to do you want to answer that? Go back and touch on commodities and move into crypto next. Yes, I just a couple of quick uh, follow-ups on what Ben said about the word transitory. Uh, yesterday, I saw a strategist. Uh, I won't mention his name, <coughs> J.P. Morgan, uh, that said that uh, we could see inflation elevated for the next five years, but it will be transitory. So my only question to them was, was the '70s transitory as well too? Uh, at that point. Uh, but more to the point, what the Fed seems to be doing is you're right, Ben. Everybody's focused on this idea that there's a timeline. Jackson Hole, they, they're thinking about thinking about Jackson Hole, they announced that they're thinking about um, tapering. First quarter, they announced the taper. They told us they were data dependent. That's a timeline. That's not data dependent. I think that this is my personal take on this. I mean, not based on any analysis 
I think that there's a wide degree of disagreement within the Fed, not among the official speeches that they give, because a lot of times, especially the governors are just reading talking points. But I think if you were to walk the halls and talk to the economists and the researchers and the policymakers, they're not in agreement at all about whether or not there should be we should be worried and reacting to a potential inflationary move. And the, for right now, the official position is that it's transitory. But I think that that's what's been going on, and it's reflective in the marketplace as well, too. And we'll have to see what is the next move. Now, along those lines, Kristen, you mentioned commodities and crypto. Let's start with commodities. They continue to power higher. There's a lot of volatility in the commodity market right now. You know, So you've seen a pullback in lumber and stuff like that. You've seen a little bit of a pullback in copper, but they're still way elevated prices. And maybe that pullback is is done or maybe it isn't, but they continue to move higher. And that has always been the tried and true metric that people have used to suggest that there might be an inflation problem coming down the road right now. So we are stuck in this range. I think the Fed is starting to feel it right now. Uh, and that's why they're starting to give us more calendar guidance instead of we follow the data because none of the data, there's been no data. And all of a sudden now they're starting to give us more calendar calendar guidance as well too. And we'll have to see how this plays out. Like I said, if it is that inflation is transitory, uh, 125 is where the 10 year note goes. If it isn't, we're gonna go above 180, 190 and we'll probably get in-kind responses out of risk markets. Notice that as we talk, the stock market's pushing events, but at least the S&P 500 is pushing against new all-time highs because interest rates have backed off. As we talked about in a previous call, uh, the 10-year kind of sets the tone for everything. As it meanders towards 170, market gets worried that there's inflation. That's a market signal that inflation is a worry and the stock market gets weak. As it runs, runs under 160, oh, okay, we don't have an inflation problem in this stock market rallies. So I think we're going to continue to see that as we move forward from here. The further we get away from 170, the better the risk markets will do. Ben, any final thoughts from you today? Yeah, no, I, I, you know, the, the commodity market is one that, you know, I think we do need to watch. And I think that if you look back at history at global rebounds since 1960, and you can just define that as, you know, better than half of economies growing above trend using their leading economic indicators after, a, you know, a pretty dramatic slowdown. And we're, we've been on the path of maybe like four or five other scenarios in from history, some of them in the 1970s, where we've had this 30 plus percent return since the six months prior that uh, that point in the recovery, which would mean back to August of last year uh, to now, you know, 30 plus percent gain. Um, that's almost always been followed by further gains as we continue to move forward over the next year. So to believe that this peak is happening in commodities, I think is a little premature, just because like Jim said, we got copper, you know, copper and lumber, probably the most talked about commodities to, to roll over a bit, but we still have all this supply chain dysfunction. And like I said earlier, that typically lasts you know, at least 10 months, which takes us into the end of the year. And that's quite a period of time for inflation, um, even if it is dubbed transitory, to run hot for, for a period of time. Um, so we'll see how that how that transitions. Now, all the commodity fervor and crypto fervor is, is pretty much anything that and everything that we see too in financial media, Twitter, or and whatnot, because that's the only thing that's moving. So like Jim has said, 
last time, and I think he's definitely right, the 10-year note yield has become the fulcrum or latent factor behind almost everything here um, in financial markets. And like we started off this call, that was the first thing along with really the, the expectations for the Fed funds target rate to go into the sideways trading range. Everything else you know, in the ensuing month and a half decided to join in on that range trade. And so I think ultimately where that goes and if it's inflation that pops it out one way or the other um, is the big thing that we all got to be watching for. Um, and so we'll see how that unfolds. Um, you know, crypto is definitely Jim's bailiwick. I don't know if you have any final comments on crypto, um, Jim, and how it relates to all of this. Yeah, I do. A couple of things. Uh, first of all, I want to quote uh, Benny Diamond Hands, who gave us a great comment to when we were talking yesterday. DeFi is the potential that we're building a whole new parallel financial system that has some real promise, which I've talked about it. And then what we did was we dropped the whole chunk casino right on top of it. So you kind of got two things going on at once in the crypto market, this wild casino speculation and the building of a, of a financial market. But if you try and separate that out, and I know it's hard with all the volatility, more and more the correlations in the crypto space do correlate with what's happening in the macro and uh, economic environment. So they're not just this random thing that goes up or down. They do seem to respond. And if you get anything in the macro space like inflation or like higher volatility, um, financial market volatility, uh, that would inspire people to move more towards crypto. So there is a relationship there. If you get lesser inflation, lower volatility, higher um, financial market prices, that would inspire people to move or, or not move away from crypto to slow the migration to crypto. I don't need to go buy Bitcoin or Ethereum. I can buy S&P 500 or spiders because they'll give me some return but as we continue to trade sideways and worry about inflation and worry about the Fed making a mistake, that goes up. So my final thought for that is if somewhere in the next several months, it turns out that the Fed made a mistake. I'm saying if. I'm, I mean, that's my bias that they did, but I want to separate that. If they made a mistake and inflation becomes a worry and there's 190, 195 on yields and the stock market starts getting really weak in the knees, that's a big bullish story for crypto. They're not unrelated to each other. Well, thank you both for your thoughts today. And thank you everyone for joining us. As a reminder, Arbor Research and Trading is an institutional research and brokerage firm. Our two most prominent offerings are Bianco Research and Arbor Data Science. For further information or any questions, please contact Gus Handler at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. Have a great day.